Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Bangkok, Thailand with my new friend Rick Azarian of GlobalGas.com. Rick came to Bangkok to volunteer after reading the book The Gospel of Father Joe and fell in love with the city. It's a mixture of East meets West and Old versus Modern, yet it's still very affordable. In this episode, Rick and I talk about the Sakyant Festival, visiting the Grand Palace, and watching a movie tie fight. You're about these three amazing attractions, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bangkok. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Rick. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lee. Today we're talking about Bangkok, Thailand, and it's a city I've seen in a lot of movies and heard so much about from some of my travel friends, but I haven't been there yet. So it's awesome to have you on here, and I'm glad we got connected through Travel Massive. Excellent. And uh, Bangkok is waiting to welcome you. You're missing out on quite a bit. Oh, I can't wait to learn about it. So what's your connection to the city? Well, it started really from reading a book. Uh, so 2012, I read this book. It's called The Gospel of Father Joe. It's about a priest who moves to one of the slums of Bangkok in the 1970s and really grows this incredible, massive outreach program to thousands and thousands of Thai people in need. I read the book and I said, you know what, I'm going to go volunteer for this guy. And that started a whole chain of events that made me or ended up having me live part time in that country for about seven years. Oh, such a wonderful story. I mean, I can only imagine what it, been, what it would have been like just interacting with him and learning from him. Well, there's a big difference, meaning in 1970s when he moved there, he literally lived in this little shack, but his whole outreach program has grown to you know, service and help tens of thousands of people in Thailand. So I did get to meet him a couple of times, but I mean, there's an incredibly large staff. So unfortunately, I did not really interface with him too often. And he's an older guy as well. And I also felt like I didn't even want to waste or use any of his time because I, I view his time as so incredibly valuable. Oh, for sure. And he's made such a profound impact on the city and, and so many lives that that's just inspiring, right? an incredible story. And for anybody going to Thailand, just it gives you a great sense of the city. Read that book, Gospel of Father Joe. It's pretty motivating to read this book. Well, for sure. I'll put that into the show notes then. So uh, right now you're actually in Boston while we're recording this and everything, but what's the thing that really keeps you going back to, to Bangkok? Bangkok is a city that never sleeps. The people are friendly and it's so diverse, meaning it's East, it's West, it's old, it's new. Just it offers really anything that you would want in this great tropical setting. It's pretty hard to beat, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been happy. Right on. Okay, so like we talked about, you're in Boston right now. And say if anybody that's here in the United States and wants to fly and, and travel to Bangkok, like how do we get there? 
it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's definitely a long flight and it's not the cheapest. You should be targeting, give or take $1,000. You can find the flights as cheap as $600 round trip. And of course, you can pay a lot more, especially if you're going business class. But you, you kind of have two different routes. In general, if you're in the U.S., you can go east and go through the Gulf states like uh, Emirates or Qatar, or you can go west, and you really have a lot more options this way as well. Cathay, China Eastern, JAL, EVA, KAL. So really a ton of options. Just go start with Skyscanner and uh, start screening and see what's a good fit for you there. All right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So if we are planning a trip, are there any certain requirements? I know some countries require shots or, or visas or those types of things. Are there certain requirements if we're going to travel there? Well, in, in terms of visas and shots, not really. Most countries from the West will get 30 days upon arrival. You can relatively easy extend that 30 more days to give you 60 and in general, there's no proof of vaccine. Well, that might change. But right now, there's no need for any special vaccination. But I would check the CDC website because you should have the normal shots. You should have like happy, happy, typhoid, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, that, that's good to know. All right. So say that we, we fly in and we arrive at the uh, big airport there. I know it's a big international hub. But from there, if we're going to get from the airport to the city, do we take public transportation? Is there like a, a bus or a monorail or subway or something like that? Or should we rent a car or just take Uber? Yeah, I think the best advice, Lee, I can give you is don't rent a car. I've driven a handful of times in Bangkok, and I simply – it's it's really, really stressful. The traffic is nightmarish. And it's also a really convoluted city, meaning it's like the complete opposite of New York City's grid. So stay away from the car <laughs> unless you're leaving Bangkok. And then that makes sense exploring uh, the rest of the country by car if that's what you're into. In terms of getting from the airport into the city, me personally, I always take a taxi. Now, this taxi can be like an hour long ride meaning there's tons of traffic and the airport's pretty far out of the city. But the great thing with Bangkok is its cost structure, meaning give or take this ride that can take up to an hour is about 10 to $15. So after you get off a 14 hour flight, you got a couple of bags. It's just easier for me to wave down the taxi, jump in there and sit in the air conditioner. Nonetheless, there's buses, but that's really not a great option. They do have this train, which will connect you to the subway system. But that, again, will take you still about an hour as well. And of course, that's only a couple of dollars. So I would say if you can afford the 15 bucks, take the taxi. If not, you can take the uh, express train, which will lead you into the city where you can jump on the subway for a couple of bucks. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I would definitely splurge for the taxi, especially if you're with me. I, I normally travel with my kids or or my wife as well. And by the time you add it up, you're really not saving any money doing the the subway and the train versus getting your own private taxi. And you get the AC, which is uh, which is key because we'll talk about the weather there in a minute, right? The other thing is, 
I know, you know, obviously in the U.S., the Uber and Lyft are, are, are really popular, but I think in, in the, the Asian, the Southeast and Asian countries, Grab is the company they, they use instead of Uber, correct? You know your stuff, Lee. So uh, at one point a couple of years ago, there was both Uber and Grab. Uber, from my understanding, sold out to Grab. So make sure you put the Grab app onto your phone before you head out to Thailand and Bangkok because that can be a really helpful way of getting around the getting around the city. Sure, sure. And then, you know, if we are using our cell phone, obviously you, you need a phone with an international plan and, and uh, without the data caps and everything like that, right? So that way you don't get stuck someplace without having service. Beyond that, is uh, is there good service like pretty much anywhere in the city if we need to have uh, access on our phone? Yeah, Lee, it's easy, very, very inexpensive. So yeah, there's um, a couple of big phone companies called uh, DTAC, AIS, and they all have stores or kiosks in the airport. So as soon as you get your bags and pass through custom, make sure you pick up a local SIM card. And for anywhere from 10 to $20, you'll get 10, 20 gigabytes, which should hold you for the month. Okay. So one of the things, obviously, if, we're, if we are getting a taxi and everything else, I know that's one of the things that is a problem for a lot of Americans, why, why they don't travel, why they don't have a passport, is they're afraid when they travel to some of these international destinations, you know, they're not going to speak the local language. They're not going to have the local currency and those type of things. It's like all these hurdles they have to overcome. And so when we go there to, to Bangkok, are there certain phrases or words we need to know or are people speaking English on a regular basis? Like, how does that work? Let's see. Well, in short, I mean, Thailand is one of the most uh, popular countries and cities in the world for tourism. So there's a tremendous tourism infrastructure in the most popular places within Thailand and within Bangkok. So that means in general, you can get away with English pretty easily and you should not be nervous or concerned if you don't speak any Thai because the vast, vast majority of tourists coming to the country obviously don't speak Thai and everybody has a pretty spectacular time. The one word just to put a smile on the Thai person's face is to say hello. It's Sawadi Kap if you are a man and Sawadi Ka if you are a woman. So I speak a bit of Thai and if I can string together two sentences, I will get giant smiles and the Thai person will effuse how great I speak Thai. And uh, it's a very uh, warming feeling. Uh, and, you know, I can contrast that to some other countries like Russia, where I speak a couple words and uh, I'm pronouncing both languages quite poorly, Lay. Um, <laughs> but in Russia, I mean, I'll get a scowl. Oh, sure. And in Thailand, I get a big smile even if I string together, you know, two sentences. Sure. And I think that's, I think it's one of those things that pretty much anywhere you go, if you make a little bit of an effort, like the returns can be, can be huge. So, so learn a few words, you know, grab a book, grab a, a translator app on your phone or something like that and, and practice a few words on the plane on the way over there. Right. Always a good idea. Okay. So now we're talking about, we're in the city, we've taken a, a taxi, maybe we're using grab or whatever to get around. Where should we plan on on staying? Like, are there certain districts or regions of the city that that's the place where we should we should try to book our hotel? Well, th this is a giant city, Lee. You know, 10, 15 million people, and it's really spread out. I'm going to divide the city 
into two divisions. This is a really poor description I'm giving, but I'm going to divide the two places you should be staying is number one to consider is Sukhumvit area, Sukhumvit. And the second area I'll call it the old city or Ratanakosin. Sukhumvit is a very, very popular area with a lot of foreigners, expats. We call the foreigners farangs in Bangkok. There's a ton of shopping, nightlife, restaurants, and hotels here. And also Sukhumvit is really well served by the BTS, which is the subway. The other area I'll suggest is the old city, as I just mentioned, And this area is on the river, the Chao Praia. And it also basically has all of the interesting cultural and historical things to see within Bangkok. So Sukhumvit, kind of the fun nightlife shopping restaurant area, or the old city, which has all these amazing historical sites to visit. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. If we say we want to be able to experience a little bit of both, I mean, being able to go back and forth between those areas, like you said, the city's pretty spread out and everything else. Is it easy to get back and forth between those two areas? Yes and no. In a weird way, Lee, if you have enough time, I would almost recommend like spend a couple of nights in Sukhumvit and then a couple of nights in the old city. But if not, again, you can just take a grab or taxi between the two different areas Now, again, when there's no traffic, it's 20, 30 minutes. But during rush hour, it's going to be an hour. Same thing, it's probably going to be five bucks or eight dollars. So it's not going to kill you. You can also take the subway, the BTS, but it can, that's only a couple bucks, but that is almost as lengthy when it comes to time. Yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, you're squeezed in with a bunch of people, no AC, everything else like that. Taxi seems like a better way to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll give a lot of credit to the BTS, the subway. There's actually two different lines. One's called the BTS, the other's the MRT. The challenge with them is the lines are not as extensive as they need to be for a city this size, but where they do go, they are very quick, efficient. They are very clean. They're frequent and they do actually have AC. Oh, good. So, so it is a pretty good choice then as far as that goes. And just to add one thing, if you're taking the BTS, you can get the rabbit card. So this is one of those store value cards. You can add money on there and uh, use that to ride the BTS. The rides start at probably a little under a dollar and go up to like two bucks. It's based upon distance. All right. Uh, That's good to know. Now, We've seen in movies and TV shows and those type of things where they have like the little guys in the tuk-tuks and everything else like that. Is that something that we should do or is that something we should stay away from? Yeah, I I, I think that's a great question. And uh, my two cents is, as you said, this is kind of a symbol of Thailand, these tuk-tuks. So (laughs) I'll say take it once and set the price before you get in. There's no meter, but do it once only for the experience because- couple of things. One, they're not that comfortable. Two, there's no AC. Three, you're breathing in tons of carbon monoxide from the crazy traffic. Now, I'm not going to say all tuk-tuk drivers are scam artists, but enough are where it kind of potentially can ruin the experience. So, I mean, they'll play the game of taking you to a tailor, to a gem store, to 
driving you around in circles, et cetera, et cetera. So I say do it once for the experience, enjoy it, and then you're better off in the taxis okay, or grab. All right. That sounds good. Now, but if you wanted that experience, instead of doing that during the day and sitting around in traffic and stuff like that, one of the things I saw is I think one of your friends has a, a tuk-tuk tour at night, right? Great segue for me. So uh, Simon, a Brit who's been in uh, Bangkok for a while, has a company called Xpeak. It's one of the top-rated tours on TripAdvisor. And this is actually a great, safe way to get the experience without having any of the uh, concerns about getting ripped off, et cetera, et cetera. But he does offer nightly tours on the tuk-tuk drives you around to some of the cool and interesting sites at night and also takes you for some great food as well. I've personally done the tour. It's fun and a easy way to get an introduction to the city. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great because instead of trying to figure out where to go, the tour is already done for you. Right. And I'm sure it's pretty affordable as well. And it seems like a great way to explore the city. And so let's, let's talk about some of the things that maybe we would do on the tour or just we should check out while we're in the city anyways. You kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier was like some of the historical sites and everything in the in the old city, but what are some of those things that we should check out? Yeah, I kind of see that Bangkok is like an onion. So, you know, I hear from a lot of people like, oh, Bangkok, I don't know, not that interesting. I want to go to Phuket or Chiang Mai. It's too busy. It's to this, to that. I really think Bangkok offers so much. It's like an onion, so many different layers to the city and so much to explore. You know, some of the, uh, this is pretty obvious. The place you got to see is the Grand Palace or the uh, Emerald Jade Temple. This is the most holy site in the country. It's the most important Buddhist temple in the country. And it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. My tip here, buy your ticket online and you have to cover your shoulders and wear long pants. But go there for a couple of hours and just take it all in. It's a fabulous place to visit and see. Second tallest building in Bangkok and the building with the highest sky deck in the city Mahan Nakhon just uh, finished a couple years ago. I just went up there a couple months ago. Pretty spectacular building, pretty awesome roof deck, and pretty spectacular views of the city. Again, buy your ticket online before hiking over there. I went up for sunset. Obviously, that's a great time to be going. Another tip, I mentioned the Chow Praia River. This is a uh, a pretty big thoroughfare, basically, that traces the west side of Bangkok, and it's near the old city. There's tons of these giant long boats that bring commuters to different ferry stations along the river. And something like for 20 cents, you can jump on these boats. They're not meant to be tour boats, but in reality, Jump on there, get a window seat, or well, there's not windows per se, but uh, sit by the uh, river and ride it for 30 minutes, for 20 minutes, for an hour, and then simply just ride back or jump off on another station. That sounds like a lot of fun. I One thing I, I, I wanted to ask is, okay, obviously, like you mentioned, that the city is really big with like 10 to 15 million people. And sometimes in those bigger cities, you got to worry about you know, pickpockets or you know thieves and those type of things. When you're on the boat or you're on the subway and those type of things, 
do you really have to watch out for like your, your belongings or is it pretty safe? I would say very safe. I mean, of course there are pickpockets or there must be. I've never had a situation like that, nor have I even really heard of friends or friends of friends who have been mugged or pickpocketed, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing I'll add in, Lee, I gave that example of a must-see Grand Palace. This is probably the most touristed site in the city, meaning that's where some of the scam artists are. So one of the scams, and this is probably across the world, is some Thai guy who probably speaks pretty English will come up to you and go, oh, Grand Palace is closed today. Let me suggest that you go here. And of course, it's never closed. And he's just trying to sell you something else. So be careful of those touristy scams that can take place in the more touristed areas of the city. Sure. And like you said, if you buy your tickets online, you already know the schedule of when it's open anyways. So you know that for sure that it's going to be open that day. Definitely. One of the things that I know that people really like uh, when they think about about Thailand is like a movie Thai fight. And I actually interviewed somebody from Chiang Mai and he said that Bangkok is a place for to watch a movie Thai fight. Yeah. The great thing about Thailand is we Thai is everywhere. There's two real stadiums within Bangkok. One is Lumpini, which is really famous. That used to be like really in the city. A couple years ago, they built a newer stadium outside of the city a little bit. The other stadium, that name is, uh, I can't think of that name right now, but those are the two stadiums. There's basically a fight every single night, usually alternating between the two stadiums. The thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit is the area surrounding the ring. The best seats, you're basically, as a tourist, you're forced to sit in this area. So there's tons of cheap seats. In general, foreigners are not allowed to sit up there. So in other words, you're forced to sit next to the ring, which is great for the view, but you're charged give or take $50 for the seat where the cheap seats are you know, probably 5 or $10. So just be aware of that when you do go to visit. Nonetheless, you got to go see it once because it's an awesome experience. And again, with uh, like we talked about some of the other attractions, do we need to buy our tickets online ahead of time? Or is this something you could just walk up to the ticket counter and get your ticket that night? Yeah, the couple times I've been, I just uh, showed up and bought the tickets there. But um, you, you should also see if you can just buy them online as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, um, I know when people look at, at uh, traveling, they, they always look for like cool souvenirs and those type of things. And sometimes you don't want to bring back a bunch of extra like little tchotchkes and stuff like that. And now one of the things we kind of talked about before we started recording is the, is the I'm going to mispronounce this, but Sakyant tattoo, like getting something like that. It's kind of cool. It's like a little, it's obviously temporary. It's not like a, a real tattoo, right? Where you're going to have that for the rest of your life, but it's like one of those temporary tattoos. Is that, is that correct? Lee, you are halfway correct. It is actually a very, very real tattoo. So let me explain this a little bit. Uh, Sakyent is an indigenous tattoo that comes from Southeast Asia, and it's been around for a couple thousand years. And these tattoos, there's hundreds or thousands of different variations of these tattoos. And each tattoo bestows a magical power 
upon the person who receives the tattoo. So in other words, you have a, in essence, a counseling session with the Arjan. The Arjan is the person who gives you this tattoo. And based upon your situation, he will recommend a different Sakyant tattoo for your personal situation. These tattoos are famous. Angelina Jolie has this. It, you might, you'll think of this or you'll Google it. It's five rows on her back shoulder of a uh, Sanskrit language. Brooke Shields recently got one the other year. And there's sort of a cottage industry of foreigners coming in. And sometimes that this is the only reason they come in is to get one of these tattoos. So it's definitely not a Chotsky and you have to be committed 100%. My friend runs a business called Where Sidewalks End, and he's built relationships up with uh, these Arjans across the country who will uh, sit down with you and give you one of these tattoos. And I'm also an advisor to that company. So in terms of unique experiences, I think that might be the superlative for some of the people who go to Thailand. Oh, for sure. Okay. So I, I was mistaken. I was thinking it was more like a, like a henna, like kind of like a temporary tattoo. So, so this is absolutely permanent. So if you're going to go there, make sure <laughs> to hit something that you want to keep for the rest of your life. Definitely. Okay, cool. Well, We've uh, we've been talking about so many amazing things to do there, and my buddy Ben uh, Comencol, like he's been wanting to take me and some of our other friends there to Thailand. Like he's raved about the amazing food, and we only have a couple more minutes, so let's kind of talk about a, a couple of places that you might recommend for us to go get some amazing food there in Thailand. Okay, so this is going to come off a little strange for someone who lives in Thailand. I am not a Thai foodie. So I actually eat very little Thai food. So this might be a kind of an eclectic list of suggestions for you, but nonetheless, it's a great list. And as I said, this is a giant metropolis, meaning you can get any type of food on any given night. In the Sukhumvit area, that's the area with a lot of hotels and restaurants, I'll suggest above 11. It's this unbelievably great setup on, you know, the 30th floor, roof deck, completely open, great vibe, great bar, great food. It's Peruvian fusion. You can ask for Chef Omar from Peru. So that's that's one of my favorite places. Another one, Lee, also in the Sukhumvit area, a side street is called Soy in Bangkok or Thailand. One of my favorite soys is called Soy Arab, and that's Soy 3 slash 1. And this street or these couple streets have probably like 30, 40, 50 Middle Eastern restaurants. So one of my favorite places on Soy 3 Slash one is El Hussein for the best chicken shawarma, giant chicken shawarma for $3. So I highly recommend that as well. Sounds delicious. And one more Beirut restaurant for Lebanese food. Uh, these are a little higher end and you can find them. They have like three of them in the Sukhumvit area. So that's another great place to check out. And one other place so this is Thai food. Tip Samai. So I don't know if you like Pad Thai. This restaurant has been serving Pad Thai for like 50 years. And there is a line of 50 or 100 people every single night 
Don't get nervous. This line moves very, very, very quickly. You'll sit down. You'll get some Thai food. The Pad Thai's, it's under two bucks a dish. It's delicious and fun place to visit. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's awesome because it gives a, a variety of different food options. You know, me, I'm, I'm a little picky with food sometimes, so it's good to know that there's, if I don't like one type of food, there's plenty of other places nearby that maybe have a different flavor and everything else. Rick, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Bangkok. I learned a lot and I can't wait to go visit there with my buddy Ben. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Bangkok, where should they go and what should they eat? Okay. Well, this isn't truly a meal, but I'm going to say this is the best thing to eat in the country. It's called mango with sticky rice. So if you like mangoes, in my opinion, the best mangoes in the world are in Thailand, the freshest, the tastiest, the sweetest. That alone is heaven for me. But what the Thai people do is they make a sticky rice. The sticky rice is also sweet and sugary. They add that into the mango and then they pour on this sweet coconut sauce. It's absolutely delicious. Make sure you get mango and sticky rice. You can get it all around the country, all around Bangkok. It should be anywhere from you know a dollar to five dollars, depending on where you are. My little hole in the wall place. It's in Sukhumvit. It's Soy Eleven Slash One. It's right on the corner of Soy Eleven Slash One in Sukhumvit. It doesn't even have a name. But you'll see all the mangoes outside and just tell point and tell them that's what you want. That's fantastic. Now, you've lived on and off in Bangkok for close to a decade. I'm sure you have some amazing stories. What's one of your favorite? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of great memories. This story or experience was kind of unique. It, kind of like a cottage industry of books in Thailand are foreigners who go to Thai prisons. Uh <laughs> So a little bit notorious. You don't want to go to a Thai prison. That's awful conditions. So I've read several of those books over the years, and I decided or figured out I'm like, oh, I should kind of visit one. So one of the most famous prisons in Bangkok is called uh, Bang Kwan, Big Tiger, and I found an American who was in prison there. And I went up during visiting hours, and kind of like one of those prison scenes, I'm led into this open area. I sit down on the stool, and there's a piece of glass in front of me. There's the phone, and five minutes later, a man comes out in a jumpsuit, sits down across from me. He picks up the phone. I pick up the phone, and I have a 30-minute random conversation with a stranger who happens to be in the Thai prison. Oh wow! What a what a trip that must have been. <laughs> he must have been going. Who the heck is this guy? <laughs> he was a bit confused. He thought I was from the embassy, American embassy, initially, and then I explained I'm just some strange guy coming to visit him. Oh wow! Yeah, I I remember that show called Locked Up Abroad. Yeah, and yeah, you definitely do not want to be anywhere on the wrong side of those bars in any of those prisons. That's, that's absolutely for sure. Well, uh, obviously a, a, a weird transition here, but uh, <laughs> where's the happiest happy hour in Bangkok? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring you back to Sukhumvit once again. Sukhumvit Soy 11, uh, Soy Sip Et in Thai, Soy Sip Et, but everybody knows Soy 11. And this street's been famous for years 
Um, it had three really famous bars, Club Superbed, Q Bar, unfortunately both of those have closed, and it had this hole-in-the-wall outdoor bar called Cheap Charlie's, which was known for just meeting great people and cheap drinks, obviously. Cheap Charlie's has moved away from Soy 11. They're now 50 soys away. Nonetheless, this is a great street, great area to go for drinks, whether you're going to Oscar Bar or Hemingway's, tons and tons of stuff. And I'll throw in one little floater. It's a new place that's opened up. It's around the corner from Soy 11 on Soy 13. It's called Monkey Pod. And my little prediction is this is going to be the next really cool place. It's actually an old wooden tie house where the owners just sold and moved out of. A restaurant group came in, renovated the place. They have a giant, giant outdoor area, which they built a deck and a giant bar. It's going to be an awesome place to visit. Yeah, that sounds pretty fantastic. So definitely going to have to hit that one up when I come visit. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is uh, check out the local pizza. Where would I go for the best pizza in, in Bangkok? Yeah, interesting story. Domino's used to be in Thailand. During the Asian crisis of 98, 99, they closed up shop. They gave up. An American guy who became a Thai citizen opened up his own pizza chain called Pizza Company. And there's hundreds or thousands of them in Thailand. So pizza is everywhere. It's ubiquitous in Thailand. Don't order Pizza Company, order Pizza Mania. I found this place during uh, COVID quarantine, and this was my weekly treat where I got the best pepperoni and onion pizza delivered to me and was just an awesome, awesome treat. I think it's one of those things when you travel around, you want to obviously be eating some of the local food and everything like that, but sometimes you just need a little piece of home, you know, and uh, get a little comfort food with that pepperoni pizza. Hits the spot. Now, again, we, we've talked about uh, knowing each other through Travel Massive. So, I mean, I know your blog has all these amazing tips and everything else. So what's one of your best travel tips? You know, Lee, we've spoken about taxis and Grab, et cetera, et cetera. This one, I can't really stress enough. Going back again, some areas are very highly touristed and there's guys who want to empty out your wallet. The guys you have to stay away from 100% are the taxi drivers who are parked. These are the guys who will sit next to their taxi all day waiting for you to walk by. They usually speak a little bit of English and they will encourage you to get in their taxi. They'll never use their meter and they will charge you double, triple, quadruple price. So again, you got grab taxi or wave down a moving taxi. Never get the taxi that's parked. Well, that's a great tip. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that sometimes you think, oh, that's awesome. I found this taxi that's right there. But that's the one that's going to get you. So definitely be careful of that. Well, Rick, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing all these amazing tips. I've learned a lot. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do? And then if somebody has questions about like your podcast, your website, or about Bangkok, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Yeah, so I'm a travel blogger myself and a podcaster. So I'm on a quest to travel to every country in the world, and I've been to over 140 of them. You can check me out on Global Gaz, G-A-Z. That's my blog, my social media, et cetera. And uh, my podcast is Counting Countries. So feel free to reach out to me on social media with any questions and I will get back to you. 
Fantastic. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. I'll be waiting, Lee. What an interesting conversation with Rick. So many of my friends have been to Bangkok and tell me that I just have to visit. After this episode, I definitely do. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bangkok. We want to say thank you to Wardwall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash wallet to search your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Madrid, Spain to speak with my new friend Janelle Norman of the Escape to Spain podcast. Janelle and I talk about eating tapas, flamenco dancing, and viewing modern art at the Reina Sofia. Hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app so that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 